These are some of the major stories which made the news this week in The Hunter. Newcastle Knights CEO Phil Gardner said on Monday the off-field incident involving Jacob Safiti is disappointing and he reminded players they have a responsibility to be role models. Safiti was knocked unconscious and suffered a broken leg during an altercation outside a Hamilton hotel on Sunday. He's facing disciplinary action from the Knights while police have arrested a 28-year-old man and charged him with several offences. Phil Gardner said players need to behave responsibly. If you're leaving that licence premise you should make your way home. Home. Altercations with individuals outside licence premises inappropriate for you, for me and for Rugby League players. Police levelled a fresh charge against a Bullaroo man accused of misusing donations for Fill a Truck for Farmers fundraising campaign. Shane Worrell is accused of using donated funds to buy a tent, a $105 haircut and $175 worth of shaving products. The 37-year-old faced Belmont Court on Sunday for the first time, charged with fraud and intimidation offences. He was also charged with conducting a fundraising appeal without authority. Worrell didn't enter pleas to the charges with the matter adjourned until January 21. The New South Wales Government on Tuesday promised to start work on a fast rail network which could include services from Newcastle to Sydney should they be re-elected in March. Professor Andrew McNaughton was appointed to lead an expert panel which will present the blueprint for how the government will deliver the network. Parliamentary Secretary for the Hunter Scott McDonald said a faster rail network will open up the channels between the two cities. That opens up a whole, a whole raft of people who could work in Newcastle uh, live in Newcastle and work in Sydney or vice versa. This is a very large investment. We've done the initial network study. The, the next step of this is to get re-elected in March and then continue to do the technical and business case work. The Hunter chapter of the National Trust on Tuesday raised concerns about a Maitland-Newcastle diocese bid to knock down a church in Mayfield. St Columban's is listed as a heritage site on the Newcastle Local Environment Plan and is almost 80 years old. However, the building's developed concrete cancer and the diocese believes demolition's the best step forward. A man and woman from Queensland fronted court on Wednesday over a high-speed pursuit which ended with an allegedly stolen car crashing just south of Bulladeela with two young children inside. Police said officers began chasing the BMW when they noticed it speeding on the Pacific Highway near Taree Tuesday morning. However, it was called off near Foster due to safety concerns. The car was seen at Narong where it crashed into trees. A 25-year-old woman and two children aged 3 and 5 were located nearby, while a 22-year-old old man who police say was driving the car ran off. He was tracked down with the help of Polair and the dog unit. The New England Highway was closed in both directions at Parkville until midday on Wednesday after an early morning truck crash. Two semi-trailers collided nose to tail just after 3am, about a kilometre south of the town. A 45-year-old man driving was taken to the John Hunter with suspected pelvic and spinal injuries and a broken shoulder blade. The state shadow energy minister on Wednesday met with members of St Vincent de Paul, Newcastle to discuss rising electricity prices. A quarter of all calls for assistance to the Charity are now those struggling to pay their energy bills, and Pam Clark from Vinnie's said it's getting out of hand. Some of them are allowed. The energy company lets the bill go out of their, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars, which is totally out of their uh, ability to pay. So naturally, they call upon the charities to see if they can help them cope. The opposition promised to re-regulate electricity prices, with Newcastle MP Tim Crackenthorpe blaming privatisation for the Hunter's power woes. For all the government's claims that the price of power would go down after privatisation, it is very clearly untrue. Mike Baird made a pledge 
that that would not happen. He signed on the dotted line and we've got 60% increases in power. A firefighter was treated for a minor burn to his hand while attending a house fire at Toronto on Wednesday night. Crews from Toronto and Teralba were called to Oak Street just after 10.30 to find a garage on fire. It took them about an hour to extinguish and mop up the blaze. Meanwhile, about 40 people were evacuated from the Musselbrook Workers Club at about 10 past nine on the same night after the smell of gas was detected in the basement. However, no leak was found and fire crews gave the all clear after about 15 minutes. Police say a man with mental health issues was taken into custody for his own safety after a fire broke out in his Cooks Hill unit in the early hours of Thursday morning. Firefighters were called to reports of a fire in the second floor apartment of a six-unit complex in Parkway Avenue just before 1.30am. However, on arrival, the man refused to let them inside and police were called while eight residents were evacuated. They managed to remove the man to safety while crews extinguished a small fire in his unit. Parents and teachers of Saltash Public School breathed a sigh of relief on Thursday after the Education Department came to their rescue over a massive water bill. The school was connected to town water in the wake of the PFAS scandal and while the Defence Department had agreed to pay the water bills of affected residents and businesses, they refused to extend the same offer to the Saltash Public School. The Education Department agreed to reimburse the school for the $6,000 bill and agreed to pay bills from state funds. Hunter abuse survivors expressed outrage after former Catholic Archbishop of Adelaide, Philip Wilson, successfully appealed his conviction on Thursday for concealing child sex abuse. Newcastle District Court Judge Roy Ellis questioned the accuracy of evidence provided by a key witness. Abuse survivor Peter Gogarty said it rubs salt into the wounds of victims. I'm disappointed at a personal level because um, this matter's been going on for me for about nine years. But more importantly, I'm very disappointed for the other people and those people have stood up to the might and the money of the Catholic Church and they've been deeply hurt by this decision. Australian Border Force officers and Lake Macquarie Police raided a home at Charlestown on Thursday, finding a slew of weapons. Officers located a grenade launcher and five long-arm firearms as part of the search on EK Avenue, with a 49-year-old man accused of illegally importing a large number of guns, parts and ammunition from overseas. The man faced Newcastle local court, where he was refused bail to reappear on December 20. And the New South Wales Police Force welcomed 257 new probationary constables to its ranks on Friday morning at the Police Academy in Goulburn. Commissioner Mick Fuller led the recruits through their oath. Good morning, ladies and gents. Class 335, substitute your own name for mine. Repeat after me. The class included 168 policemen and 89 police women who will complete 12 months of on-the-job training and study before being confirmed to the rank of constable. But Walls End MP Sonia Hornery was disappointed to learn the hunter will only receive 1% of the total graduates. The reason why the hunter is only going to receive three of the 257 police recruits is about the neglect of the state government to address the problem of police resourcing in the Walls End area and in the wider Hunter. And that's a look at the week that was from 2NURFM Hunter News.